This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. Hey everyone, this is Dan with Easy Does It Barbecue. I'm the owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. Call it Easy Does It Barbecue because I'm going to show you the easiest way to do it. Today we're going to talk about poultry. First of all, let me explain what poultry is. When usually you hear the word poultry, I think the first word that comes to people's mind is chicken, but it actually covers pretty much all birds, chicken, Cornish hens, turkey, and wild birds as well. Most of you probably are going to do chicken or turkey, but we're going to cover all of them and we're going to talk about poultry in general today. Today, some of the items that you're going to need are poultry. You'll need a chicken or a turkey or something of of the like in order to be able to cook what we're talking about. An injector. You do not need all of these specific items. However, I'm going to go down because I am going to mention them today on, on today's show. A rub. You've heard me talk about those in past shows. A brine. We'll get into what that means. Insulated food gloves. Those help pull the hot bird off the grill or smoker, a digital thermometer. And I cannot implore to my audience how important a digital thermometer is, especially when we talk about poultry. I have a product at the store called a briner bucket. So when you do brine, I have an easy way to do it. And I'll talk about what that is. Some of the terms that we'll hear today during the Easy Does It Barbecue show is spatchcock. That's a strange word, but I'll explain what that means. Poultry, we already talked about. Rub and brine, we talked about. And then a term called carryover heat. And again, I'll explain what that means. All right, folks, let's get into it. So poultry, as I mentioned, that's pretty much any bird. Chicken is the most popular that I think most people do. There's Cornish hens, turkey over the holidays, or if you can snatch one up from the grocery store any time of year, it's good to do turkey legs that you might run across at some of your uh, more famous uh, places that you go. Uh, And then wild birds. My father was a big game hunter, as I mentioned. And so he always brought home pheasant and ptarmigan and different other birds that he would shoot and we would prepare to cook. A lot of people mistakenly think that brisket is the hardest meat to smoke or barbecue. And I would actually argue that I think brisket can cost, and I think you're losing money if your brisket does not come out very well. But we've already talked about how to do brisket. Poultry, I think, in my professional and personal opinion, is actually the hardest item to smoke or to grill. And the reason being is poultry has two types of meat, white and dark. And it also has skin on it, something that we rarely come across with beef or many of our pork cuts of meat. The white and dark meat cook differently. White is very popular. It's the leaner of the two. It has less fat. It has less myoglobin, which is that juice in the meat that's often mistaken for blood that I've talked about in past shows. Dark meat has more of that. So therefore, why it looks a little darker than white. White cooks a little quicker and can dry out easily. So we'll talk about how to avoid that. Dark meat can take longer. So you have to be careful when you're cooking poultry between both the white and the dark meat as you're, as you're cooking it so that we don't dry it out. The number one complaint 
of grilling or barbecuing poultry, or in this case chicken, is that it can dry out. And the reason being is, quite frankly, most people overcook it. The reason they overcook it is, well, actually there can be a pretty pretty popular and very important uh, point to overcooking poultry. We don't want to do it, but the reason people do it is they're afraid of food safety, bacteria. We want to cook that out. I'm going to talk about that now. So before you even go to the store and buy your poultry, you want to be very concerned about some things when it comes to poultry and pork, maybe not so much beef, but definitely with chicken and turkey. And that is bacteria can form on that meat. Now, I don't want you to panic. It's not on every piece in the store. Don't worry, folks. But there are some things that once you get it home, we have to pay attention to to be safe with that meat. When I was younger, in my teens, I worked at a pizza joint here in town. And I remember there was a sausage pizza that had got set out. And it sat out all day. And Dan, in his infinite wisdom, ate that and I got food poisoning. You've never had it. It's not something I ever wish on my worst enemy. It's a horrific thing to have. Mine was so bad, I had to go to the hospital. I had my stomach pumped. So we're talking an extreme case. Why am I telling you this story? Because I am very particular about food safety when it comes to meat. If you go through what I did, uh, you will be very careful in handling your meat. And I would encourage all of my listeners to be very careful when you're dealing with poultry when it comes to bacteria. Some of the bacteria that we can run across that we want to stay away from is Listeria. Salmonella is very popular. There's actually several others, but those are your two big ones when it comes to poultry. And again, I'm not here to scare anybody. I'm here to educate, teach you guys how to handle this meat carefully and not get anyone in your family sick. Here's your Easy Does It Barbecue IQ. Julia Child was a very famous chef that a lot of people watched. I grew up with her. I watched her on PBS back in the day. And one of the things that Julia Child used to recommend that we've since learned is not a good idea, and that's to rinse your poultry off. So once you get the chicken home, whether it's wings, chicken legs, breasts, the entire chicken, quartered chicken, it doesn't matter. We really don't recommend rinsing off the meat before cooking it. Now, that being said, if you just absolutely are dead set in rinsing your meat in the sink, you want to run the water very light. Everyone, when we rinse that meat, if you turn it on, you're just shooting bacteria that may exist on that meat all over your sink and possibly your counter. Now, I would argue, I don't think you're going to turn your faucet on full blast when you do this. If you absolutely have to do it, put your faucet on a trickle and then just simply rinse off very lightly. You need to know that after you do this, you need to clean out that sink very thoroughly, especially with some bleach or something that's going to kill any possible germs. I would always advocate wearing gloves. Colorado Barbecue Outfitters sells nitrile gloves and food-insulated gloves. They're going to keep your hands from getting any bacteria on it. And if you do, Just as we've dealt with in the last 12 months in our world, we want to wash our hands frequently when we're dealing with poultry. I like nitrile gloves because after you've touched the meat, you simply pull them off. They come off inside out and you can throw them in the trash and any germs are going to be inside the glove versus on the outside. Here's your Easy Does It Barbecue IQ. We always want to make sure that we cook food properly. The USDA has minimum 
temperatures that they recommend for meat. And I'm much of an advocate of following that uh, particular way of cooking. For poultry, it's very simple. It's 165. Our goal for poultry is to hit 165 internal temp. And when I tell you that, it doesn't matter what it looks like. There's a lot of confusion and myth around cooking poultry. And when it's done, when you cut it open, there's still some red meat in there or some red juices. I'm here to tell you not to worry about that. If you have taken a good quality digital thermometer, and guess where you can get those, everyone, at Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, I sell several popular brands of digital thermometers, not analog, but digital. The more you pay for a digital thermometer, the more accurate it's going to be and the longer it's going to last for you. So a good quality digital thermometer is a must for any cooking, no matter what it is, but especially for poultry. I carry the Thermoworks, Maverick, and Taylor brands at the store. Highly recommend looking into one coming in the store, and I'll teach you what each one of them does and pick up one for your all of your cooking needs. When we say we cook to 165, we want to temp that meat in the breast, in the thigh, and believe it or not, in the wing pit or the armpit. There's three places on a bird that you want to temp. You may get some different temperatures with the white or the dark meat, but our ultimate goal is to get to 165 overall temp. Now, there is something called carryover that I want to talk about. Now, once you pull the bird off of heat, it really does not continue to cook. Basically, you've pulled it away from the heat, but here's what does happen. Heat penetrates from the outside in. So when the bird is on your grill or in your oven or in your smoker, whichever way you do it, a lot of time that heat is going to be drawn to the inside of the bird. So the outside actually tends to be a little cooler than the inside of the bird after it's subjected to heat. So we want to make sure we get that probe in there and we check that meat internally when we're shooting for 165. Now the carryover, what that does is as you pull it off and you let that meat rest, which I've always preached, let meat rest after you've cooked it. 10, 15 minutes is all you need to do. Longer is even better. But when it's sitting there resting, the heat will, it will even out throughout the bird or whatever piece of meat you have. And sometimes it can rise as much as five degrees. So a lot of people will pull their poultry, their chicken, off of the grill or off of the smoker at 160, they'll let it rest and it'll even out up to 165. Now, because I've had the harrowing experience of food poisoning I've had, I don't particularly follow that practice myself, but you can and you will see a lot of it as you do your research when cooking poultry. I typically go a little closer, 163 to 164 and let it even out a little higher. Do not let the bird cook to 170 or more. If you do, you're going to have that dry white meat that a lot of people complain about. Obviously in the breast, which is made up of white meat, and the wings, which are two, uh, probably the most popular part of the bird. The other is the thigh, which will be dark meat. The thighs are the most popular. Those are what the competition people use because they tend to be juicier. They do tend to be more flavorful because of the fat content in them. So juicy boneless thighs are definitely a cut of meat I highly recommend purchasing at some point in your barbecue hobby. 
We always want to keep the meat refrigerated. Never let that meat sit out. Never let poultry get up to room temperature. There is absolutely no need, and the science does not support doing that. So regardless of what you see or hear, I want to stress again, never let meat sit out to room temperature. It is perfectly fine to pull it out of the refrigerator and put it straight into your whatever you're cooking on, your smoker, your grill, what have you. When the heat is subjected to the to the meat, it will come up to temp. So there's really no reason for letting it sit out to room temperature. You're just risking bacteria on that. I mentioned again, nitro gloves for ease. Those are great to wear when you're handling poultry because they're easy to pull off and discard and they're easily uh, put on. Uh, they're great when your meat has not been cooked, putting it on the grill, what have you. There's some other things like the uh, meat claws, they call it, you can use. Here's your easy does it barbecue IQ. I want to talk about beer can chicken. That is a very popular topic amongst cooking poultry. Beer can chicken, what, what that basically refers to is taking a can of beer, drinking half of it, mm, beer. some people cut the top off or just leave the top open, you slide a piece of poultry or a chicken whole over the beer can and set it on your grill or your smoker to cook. Now, one thing I will tell you is vertical smoking or cooking of a bird, I am an advocate of. So putting it on a beer can cooker or a vertical chicken smoker, what have you, they're called several names, is actually a great way to do it. I, I know a better way that I will tell you here in a minute, but vertical cooking of a bird is a great way to do it. However, having fluid in the beer can or in whatever you're using, a beer can roaster, putting anything liquid in there is actually not a good idea. And I'll explain why. You'll never find it cooked that way in a restaurant. Chicken is 75% liquid like most meat is. Obviously, we know beer is 100% liquid. The chicken is going to cook a little bit quicker than that beer or whatever fluid you're putting in there to come up to temp. So let's talk about the science of this. At our elevation here in Colorado, water or liquid does not vaporize until anywhere around 195 to 205, depending on your elevation, around 200 to 203 here in Colorado Springs. Now, remember our meat, we need it to get to 165. If the inside of that bird has gotten hot enough for that liquid to vaporize, what do you think has happened to your white breast meat? You've gone clear past 165 and more than likely you've dried it out. Now, the meat is not right in the cavity of the bird. So you're not really flavoring anything but the cavity of the bird anyway, which is where most of the bones and cartilage and such is. The meat that you want, the breast, the thigh, and so on, is typically away from the cavity. So if you think about it, you're not flavoring that meat at all with the beer can chicken and having liquid inside there. If anything, that liquid is going to cool down the inside of that bird during the cooking process. And remember, we've got to hit 165. So it's that's not something we want to have done. So guys, when you're doing beer can chicken, leave the liquid out. You're not really doing anything by putting that in. Now, remember, I never argue with anyone on barbecue. If you like to do it that way, then continue to do it. That's no problem. You're not going to hurt anything, but the, just know that the science really doesn't support 
that method of cooking chicken or smoking chicken. The other problem you'll have with beer can chicken is it tends to not help crisp up the skin. And that's a whole other subject. When you're smoking chicken, that skin low and slow will tend to stay rubbery. And I'm going to talk about how to fix that here in a moment. When you have the chicken sitting on a beer can roaster or in a, over a beer can itself, you need to think of the chicken as an insulated blanket that insulates the meat. And that is another problem with, with cooking it that way. When we're cooking a chicken or turkey whole, whether we're putting it on a beer can roaster or on some kind of a, I'm just going to call it a gimmicky uh, apparatus on there, we never want to stuff the bird. And this usually comes into play over the holidays with turkey. I know that our folks for generations dress the bird up, put stuffing inside the cavity, and then stuck it in the oven and roasted it. Problem with doing that when we're smoking chicken is we're not letting the heat and the smoke get inside that cavity. So we're not really letting it cook from the inside out or more evenly as we are if it's just penetrating from the outside. So we want to leave the stuffing out. We want to prepare that another way. You are able to put a couple aromatic, I put a couple slices of apple, maybe some slice of orange in there, but that's about it, folks. Leave that cavity open when you're doing a complete, and again, I'm referring to when you're cooking the whole bird. You're listening to Easy Does It Barbecue. I'm your host, Dan McDonald from Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. So that's another thing I want to get into, poultry. There are several ways to cook it, and that's another little frustrating part of of chicken. It's not like ribs or brisket where we do it one particular way and typically stick with that. When it comes to poultry, you can roast it in an oven. You can do a rotisserie, which is generally where the bird is turning over high heat and the juices are dripping down and some of that is providing an aromatic flavor as it's hitting the hot coals. You can cut the bird up into pieces that when you're grilling chicken, that's the preferred method is actually cutting that bird into pieces where you have the two breasts, you have the two legs, you have the two wings, you have the thighs separated. That's the best way and the easiest way to get that chicken cooked thoroughly and throughout. You can have the bird. A lot of times when you go into the store, you can buy a half of a bird or you can buy a quartered bird. And again, when you're grilling, that is the way I recommend doing it. When you're smoking, that's actually an ideal way. It'll cook a little quicker and it'll cook more evenly. Here's your Easy Does It Barbecue FAQ. But the way that I want to talk about today and the way that I preach in all of my classes is what's called spatchcocking the bird, also referred to as splaying or butterflying. And let me explain what that means. When you purchase your chicken roaster or even your turkey for that matter, obviously generally it comes whole. And it's usually cheaper that way because again, there's no preparation done by the store. When we take the bird and we set it on our in our prep tub or what have you that you have to prepare this bird in your kitchen, what you're going to want to do is turn it so that the backbone is on the top of the bird and you'll feel that backbone go down. It's on the opposite side of the breast. Take some good poultry shears. Chicken kitchen shears will work as well, but they're a little bit more difficult. When I do a huge turkey, I actually use tin snips that have been sterilized, if you can believe that, just because of the size of the bird. But with a small chicken roaster, poultry shears or kitchen shears will work just fine. 
you're going to take your shears, we'll call them, and cut along either side of the backbone all the way from bottom to top. When you do that, you're going to remove that backbone from the bird and you can now look down into the cavity. We're going to flip the bird over so that we're hold though so that the breast meat is up towards us now and we're going to put our palm of our hand as if you're going to give this bird CPR. We're going to press the palm of our hand down over the breastbone and push down until you hear a pop. What that's going to do is make through the bird from more of a ball into being butterflied or what we call spatchcock. So we're going to lay it out, splay it out, if you will. What is that going to do? Well, it's going to smoke our bird more evenly. It's going to cook it much quicker. You don't have to worry about the internal temp being lower than the meat breasts that are towards the outside. Folks, it's the absolute best way to do poultry bar none. If you come to any of my barbecue classes that I offer at the store, and you can find those on my website at 719bbq.com and click on the classes link, this is the method that I will show you firsthand in my classes, and I have been teaching people for almost a decade on how to do poultry. Again, it's called spatchcocking, splaying, or butterflying. You still want to prep the bird as far as flavor. So now we've splayed our bird and it's laying out, laying out in front of us. Now we've got to do a few things and there's some decisions to make with poultry. I told you that there's a few interesting ways to prepare it. You can brine the bird. A lot of times with poultry, people will do what's called a wet brine. And what that simply means is soaking the meat in a salt water solution. Now, you can put a lot of spices in there, but folks, most of those spices are going to be rinsed off after we take it out of the brine anyway. So really just a simple salt water solution is basically all you need. I've always pictured that thousands of years ago as the cavemen were hunting their deer or hunting whatever prehistoric animal they were, they probably shot it with a bow and arrow and I always pictured in my head that that deer fell off of a cliff into the ocean and it took them a couple hours to walk down there and pull that carcass out. They took it back to the campsite, gave it to the women to cook. And that's right. The women were the first barbecuers when it comes to our species. The men hunted, they brought it back and the women prepared it. Well, when they prepared that particular deer in my story, they found out that the meat was juicy and very flavorful. And in my mind, that was the first brine of meat. They didn't know what they were doing at the time, but we've since learned over the years that soaking meat in a saltwater solution really helps, not so much with flavor, but again, with moisture. In previous shows, I've told you about how proteins in the meat look like tight spirals, like a very tight slinky. And when sodium chloride is brought down into the meat, it loosens those protein uh, spirals up. And that's what provides more moisture within the meat. It's released during cooking. So again, there's wet brining. And that is a matter of just soaking the meat in a bucket. Some of us did it in a bucket. Here in Colorado, I recommend refrigerating it because as we all know, even in the winter, it can be 40 degrees one day and 55 the next. We always want to keep that brine solution at refrigerator temperatures, which is 40 degrees or less. The other way you can do it is simply a dry brine. And all that means is putting a rub on the bird 
not soaking it in a wet solution, and then letting it sit in the fridge overnight. Now, remember I told you, as most of us know, that poultry has skin on it. If we put a rub around the outside, we've flavored that skin. But guess what? We haven't really touched the meat, have we? So here's what we want to do. Let's take a wooden spoon or let's take two of our fingers and separate that skin from the meat. We're not removing the skin from the bird, but we're separating it away from the meat. I run a couple fingers up under it. Some people take the bottom end of a wooden spoon and that works very well and pulls it away. Take your rub and stuff it up under the skin so that it sits between the skin and the actual meat. In the case of thighs or breasts, this is pretty simple to do. The skin has fat content into it and as it renders, it's going to provide a wonderful flavor for that meat when you go to eat it. One of the most basic rubs for poultry that you'll see on the internet is called the Simon and Garfunkel rub. And when I have class, I usually ask people if they know what the Simon and Garfunkel rub is. I'll give you a quick second to think about it. The answer of that is parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. You remember the old song by Simon and Garfunkel. Well, believe it or not, that actually those equal parts put together make a great poultry foundation for a rub. What my mom used to do is take butter and she would put some seasoning, rosemary, things like that. She would stuff the butter up under the skin so that when the meat cooked, that butter would melt and drip down into the meat. It was absolutely wonderful. I want to implore again, we are always going to go by temperature when we cook poultry. We want to cook it to 165. One of the most popular cuts of, of poultry are wings, and I want to talk a little bit about that because wings are very, it's one of my favorite things to make. Now, the classic buffalo style wings is to deep fry them. Now, at my age, I've been told to stay a little bit away from fried foods, so I would rather cook them on the grill or in the oven or in the smoker. So what I like to do is I will smoke my wings for about 20 to 30 minutes to give it that quote-unquote kiss of smoke, and then what I will do is move them to a higher temp oven, to an air fryer, under the broiler, turn the grill temp up, all the above. One of the things that is difficult to obtain when we're smoking poultry is for the skin to get crispy. The skin, when it's cooked low and slow, like true barbecue is, will stay rubbery. And it's another big complaint when doing poultry. The only way we can effectively get that skin crispy, everyone, is to get that temperature up. So again, what I'll do is I will smoke them at a low temp, let's say 225, for about 30, oh, maybe 45 minutes. And then I will crank up that heat to 350 or above. It's usually around 375 is what I do, and that'll crisp up that skin for us. Here's your easy does it barbecue side dish. Today I want to share a quick recipe that's called chicken skin cracklins. A lot of us have heard of pork skin cracklins, but this is chicken skin cracklins. A lot of people will remove the skin from the bird. I tend to keep it on. But if you would like to remove it for health reasons, you can make cracklins with those. And the way to do it is remove the skin of a whole chicken, whether it be chicken, turkey, or even a duck. All we need is one to two tablespoons of Morton kosher salt. When you remove the skin, they're thin and they have a little bit of fat underneath. And what we want to do is we want to take that. I tend to cut them up into squares or strips, about one to 
one inch or so long or wide. We can roast it in the oven. We can put it in the smoker. We can set up your grill to do it with indirect cooking. There's a number of ways. You could even put them in an air fryer now, which is a popular way to cook. We want to get that temp up to 325 or higher. It only takes about 30 to 45 minutes. And basically, you're just simply frying if you will, or cooking at a high temp heat to take out the moisture of that skin. And you've got chicken skin cracklings. They make for an absolute great snack for the family. All right. So that's it for this week's episode about poultry. Again, this is Dan McDonald with Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. The store is located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard on the northeast corner of Vickers and Academy in the Arendelle Square Shopping Center. The website is 719bbq.com and the phone number is 719-465-1041. You can reach out to me on all forms of social media. We look forward to any topics you'd like to hear about in the future as well as any questions on this week's show. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if it ain't easy, you're working too hard. Thanks for listening to Easy Does It Barbecue, brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, specializing in pellet grills, charcoal grills, electric smokers, sauces, rubs, and barbecue accessories. Online at 719bbq.com. See you next Saturday at 1 for Easy Does It Barbecue. And listen to the podcast on Podbean. 